Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad that you joined me today. And if you are just listening today and did not get to listen to last week's show, this is part two of the show, Making Friends with the Word No, or we also have entitled it, Making No One of Your Best Friends. And so we really talked at length last week about the word no, what it really means, and that it really is our friend, and it really is a protective word that God has given us, and it is part of the choice process, and to really understand that yes and no are different sides of the same coin. They don't operate independently, or they shouldn't operate independently. And so when we look today, again, at the word no, I want to just give you a little bit of a refresher that what we really delved into last week was the first recorded no ever said or executed was at the very beginning of time by God when he said to Adam and Eve in the garden, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because you will certainly die during the day you eat from it. So that's pretty powerful. What he's saying is no, no to eating of the tree of knowledge. He's saying if you do, you will die in the same day. It's that serious. So it's similar when we say to children, do not run out in the street. You could die. Do not drink the poison. Do not put your finger in the light socket. When God says the word no, it is about safety. It's not about withholding something from us. It's not about trying to ruin our lives or or steal good things from us like the enemy of our soul would have us to believe. It really is a safety issue. Rules are about safety, and that's what rules should be. We have, you know, don't yell fire in a movie theater. We have rules as to how we are to drive. And amazingly enough, when you consider the millions of cars on the road every day and how quickly those cars are going. It's amazing that we don't have very many accidents. And, and that people, for the most part, are obeying those rules. And, one, and if we obey the rules, we get to where we want to go safely, and we don't, even cons- we don't even think about it. So what I want you to really understand is that using the word no on yourself, using the word no with others, re- using the word no as an integral part of your lifestyle has everything to do with your safety and everything to do with being able to have truly the abundant life that God has designed for you to have. So what happens when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge? Well, God wanted to make sure that they didn't die. So that meant that he had to institute some consequences. And one of the consequences of not obeying that rule was that you and I and everyone else gets locked into time. 
Prior to that, they were timeless. There was no time. They were always just in the moment, just experiencing this wonderful life that they had. And as a result of that choice to not heed the word no from God and say yes to themselves instead, they were taken out of the garden, banished from the Garden of Eden, and then time was set into place, which means that they didn't die in just that day. They had many dies, many days before they actually died. So there was a course of our life, and we age, and that is part of the death sentence from that choice. So what happened when God gave that word no? Well, people still didn't adhere to any kind of structure, so he had to place 10 more no's into place to keep us safe as people. So he instituted the Ten Commandments. That's our next set of seeing the word no. That's the next set of rules that God is saying, please, please do not do these things. If you do those things, you will surely die or you will kill whatever it is that's important to you. So he gave us the Ten Commandments. He said, you shall have no other God before me. Now, what we do understand about that particular rule is if we just adhere to that rule, we probably won't break any of the other ones. And our life will go very well for us. Won't be perfect, won't be without pain because we are living in a, in a world that is dying. So we will have pain, but we won't have unnecessary pain. We will have pain from living in a world that is dying and from the fact that other people are not adhering to the word no. So it's imperative that we understand these commandments are for our safety. It says, don't make idols. Don't make idols. You start loving something and idolizing something other than your God who loves you dearly. You will bring more death into your life. By loving money, by making a person an idol, by making any other hedonistic behaviors idols, creates addictions, these things kill us. So God goes down the list of these Ten Commandments, and he says, don't do that. Don't do these things. Well, apparently that wasn't as effective as he would have liked it to have been because he sent Jesus. And Jesus did the ultimate dying process in order for us to truly live. And so he came back with a third edict. This one was a yes. And so, you know, if you've listened to the show at all, we talk a lot about how the brain responds to negativity, and it responds much better to positivity. So God gives us a yes. Instead of a no, he gives us a yes. And this is what he says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all that is within you. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So these are yes rules. These are do these things versus don't do these things. So God says, do these things and you will surely live. Do these things and you will have a life that's abundant. Not necessarily one without pain, but one without unnecessary pain and tragedy. So I want you to consider that God is always saying no about safety. Now we think, that we think it's going to bind us up, but it actually keeps us safe. And it keeps us safe enough to enjoy all the yeses that life has for us. It also gives us wisdom as to what to say no to and what to say yes to. And so it's imperative as we move forward that we also look at this other verse that is a really big yes. And this is, this is 1 Corinthians 6.12, and this goes along with those two greatest commandments. And it says, everything is permissible, 
but not everything is constructive. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So I'm allowed to do anything, but I not, must not become a slave to anything. So God says, yes, yes, you can do anything. Anything you want to do, do. Everything's permissible. Because he's wanting us to be adults in our thinking. He's wanting us to understand all those other no's. And the two commandments he gave us that really are the way the universe that he created works and the way that humans are hardwired to work. And so when we obey the the operator's manual, we get to enjoy this amazing creation that God has designed. And so he says, truly all things are lawful for you. I want you to have a relationship with me so that I can help you with wisdom to know the things that for you are not constructive. So there are some things for me that are not constructive for me. My husband can watch certain movies that are not good for me to watch. We're just hardwired different. I can watch certain movies that he can't watch. I can read certain things. I can talk to people about all kinds of topics, all kinds of dysfunction, all kinds of history that they may have. And, and it is not, not, not difficult for me. It is, it is difficult when I see their pain. But none of the information corrupts me. Where somebody else, that may not be constructive for them to hear all those things. So you have to have that relationship with your creator to know what is constructive. Because God's saying to you, everything's permissible. Do anything you want to do. But not everything is constructive. So he's basically going from, don't do this because you're going to die, to listen. Do whatever you want to do, but it might kill you. So I'm wanting you to be the adult of you so that you partner with me, your creator, the father that loves you, to help you understand what's actually constructive for you so that you say no to yourself because you love yourself, not by punishing yourself or withholding good things from yourself, but actually loving yourself. The same way I say to a child or any of the pets that, that I've had in my life, I take care of their little world so that they're safe, and I say no to them, to things that are not good for them. I don't just withhold things because I'm a killjoy. I want them to be safe. And that's what God is saying to you and me. He loves us this much. He loves us so much. He lost his life over us so that we could live safely. He gave us choice so that we would exercise yes and no safely, constructively, in a healthy manner. So this has a lot to do with how you parent yourself. So what we're going to do as we move forward, I'm going to give you some very instructive things. We've talked about the word no as a concept. We've talked about the word yes in terms of how God says yes to us, how he allows yes, how he allows no. And in the next three segments, we're going to talk about the power, the real power of the word no and what that means and how to truly use it in a way that is healthy for you and constructive for other people, if, if they so choose to let it be constructive. I want to take some of the fear out of saying no, because you and I both, we understand. Saying no is kind of intimidating. And sometimes we know that we're supposed to say no, but we don't want people to be mad at us. We don't want them to be disappointed in us. We don't want them to think that, 
that we are elitists or that we are whatever it is we don't want them to think or feel. So many times we protect people that we love from the word no when actually we're hurting them. So we're going to talk in this next segment about truly the power that's behind the word no and how to wield that power in a way that keeps you safe and other people in your life safe. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that the word no is comfortable. I mean, let's be honest. None of us see that word, word as very comfortable. But the outcome of using the word no appropriately and positively can be amazing and life-changing for you and the people that you love. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about making no one of your best friends. Make sure you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And you can find me all these podcasts on Stitcher, iTunes, and on my own website. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me today. And, and if you are just tuning in, if you're listening in your car, I want to make sure that you know you can listen to this, this show in its entirety and the one we did last week because the one last week was the platform for this one. This, the one last week is part one. This is part two of making no one of your best friends. So you can uh, make sure you go to the website. You can listen to the show in its entirety on the website. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is CynthiaHyatt.com. So I'm glad you're joining in. And we left off in the last segment really giving the platform of the word no and, and what God was doing when he instituted that word no and that it wasn't about withholding from us. It really is about safety. So anytime you see God setting a rule or saying no to you about something, please always understand that shut, shutting a door on you, not letting something happen, not answering a prayer, a dream that you have, trusting God, understanding that you can trust the one that died for you. If he says no to you, it is only for your protection. It is only to make sure that you have a sustainable life. And it is to make sure that you actually get to have the abundant life he's designed for you to have. So his no is never punitive, punishing, uh, consequential, uh, retaliatory, angry, uh, withholding, none of that's that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that of a true father that wants you to have everything you could possibly have. If you have children, if you have pets, you know we want to give them all kinds of things that maybe we shouldn't. And when we withhold, it's really for their benefit. It isn't because we're wanting to give them a bad day or ruin their life. It's because we see farther down the road and we really want them to have a wonderful life. That is how your father feels about you. So we're going to talk about really how to say no. I'm going to give you some, just some good lessons about how to do that. And, and I like this quote. Actually, I kind of love this quote. I'm going to read to you. It's by a PhD. Her name is Judith Sills. And she's published lots of different articles on different psychological tenets. And so I really like this quote. It says, wielded wisely, no is an instrument of integrity and a shield against exploitation. It often takes courage to say, it is hard to receive, but setting limits sets us free. 
I love that. I'm going to read that to you one more time. Wielded wisely, no is an instrument of integrity and a shield against exploitation. It often takes courage to say, and it's hard to receive. But setting limits sets us free. So think about that. Think about what the enemy of your soul tries to tell you. Satan loves to tell us just what he did when he was talking to Eve and to Adam. Oh, God doesn't want you to have a good thing. It's really not true. It won't kill you. God's just not letting you have it. Because you could be just like God. You could have all kinds of things that God is not willing to let you have. That's what the enemy wants to tell you. The enemy wants to tell you that no and limits binds us up. But remember, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. This is a trust issue. God says says to us, my ways are not your ways. My way is to set limits and use the word no as a way to set you free. It doesn't make sense to our human mind. But God is saying, please trust me. Trust me. I died for you. You can trust the one who died for you. So I want you to think about this. You know, there, there comes a moment, there comes a time in all of our lives when we have to say no. We have to say things like, don't call me. And we finally mean it. Or we say, I'm not willing to date you any longer. Or we say, no, I don't want another drink. Or no, I'm going to have to pass on that piece of pie. Or no, I need to to stay within the speed limit and I'm going to slow down. Or no, I'm going to say no to this job because I want to get an education that is going to give me a better job. There's lots of no's we have to say. So we may have to say no to spending money today so that we can have the money that we want tomorrow to do the things that really are going to make us happy. So there comes that day when you realize, I need to learn to say no. Maybe to myself, a lot of times especially to myself. But also no to the world around me. Even if it's not popular, even if I'm criticized for it, even if I'm rejected for it, even if people are angry with me or mad at me about it, I need to have the courage and the confidence to use the word no in order to set me free. So there's lots of talk. There's lots to be said about the power of yes. And we talked about earlier in this segment and last week's show that one of the, the, the ways that Jesus talked to us was he gave us a yes. He said, hey. In 1 Corinthians, he said, everything's permissible. You can do anything. Everything is lawful. You can do anything. But don't be ruled by anything. So you can do anything. Anything's permissible, but not everything is constructive. So he's wanting us to use the word no. Instead of Jesus saying, no, don't do this. He's saying, I'm giving you the power to say no to yourself, which is very powerful. And we also have the two greatest commandments that were given to us. And those were the yes. Those were saying, those were saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's Matthew chapter 22, 37 and 39. That's, here's an edict of how to do it, not necessarily a no. 
And so there's lots of talk and there's lots to being said for the power of yes. And I think there's, that we, we can do a show on, on saying the word yes. Because like, like we have said in the past, yes and no are, are a different side of the same coin. They are not to be used independently. They, they work together. And so yes, that word supports risk-taking, courage, open-hearted approach to life. And we don't, and grace is not minimized with yes, but no is like a metal grate that slams shut the window between one's self and the influence of other. And it's not, it's not often celebrated. It's this hidden power because it's both very easily misunderstood and it is very difficult to engage. So please do not get the word no confused with negativity. See, I, I can say yes. And have a lot of negativity in my life that, that is un, unnecessary and unwarranted. And many times, the more I say yes to all the wrong things, it is a very negative experience. So don't confuse the word no as just a negative. Always remind yourself it's a safety issue. So let's look at what, what is negativity truly. Well, it's this chronic attitude. It, it's, a, it's a pair of emotional glasses that cause me to see everything through a cloudy, dim, cynical, skeptical, critical view. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's like perfectionism. It's a very negative way of living. Everything is that I'm not doing it right. When I'm a perfectionistic person, I'm saying no to everything and yes to all the wrong things. It's a petulant way of acting. It's, it's a reverse naysaying. And it takes all of our energy. When we, when we really are living a negative life. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about the power of no. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt and you are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Glad that you joined me today, and if you are just joining me, always remember that you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and you can listen to that, that the podcast of this uh, particular radio show as well as the last week, and we also have, I think, about 10 that are on the website right now, or kind of the most favorites, and we, we change them up quite a bit. So you can also go to Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud and look under Conversations with Cynthia, and there'll be all the shows that I have ever done. You can also see them on the KPXQ website as well. So I want to make sure that you have that information because you can. this show is a part two to the show I did last week, which is Making No One of Your Best Friends, or the word No, Your Best Friend. So... We start again this, this segment as we are talking about the difference between yes and no, and that no isn't necessarily negative. Please don't see it as negative. No is very powerful. No can save my life, which is a very big positive. So negativity is this chronic attitude. And negativity is the thing that colors my world and causes me to feel like everything is no to me. So no, when it's used appropriately, it's this moment of clear choice. It really announces 
whether it's direct or indirect, something very affirmative about you. It says, I will not tolerate that behavior. I will not let you speak to me this way. I will not go against my own value system. It's all about establishing who I am or who I am not. And so it's part of of how I do my life as an adult. And children at the age of three, really this is when they begin to learn that they can say the word no. And parents are oftentimes, if you've had a three-year-old in your life, a two- or three-year-old, it's like, oh, my gosh, they just said no to me. And how do I handle that when my two-year-old, three-year-old, or my teenager is saying no to me? Because oftentimes what we see is that little children, teenagers, will say no to the wrong things. And it's part of the, the process of learning how to become a healthy adult, how to properly take care of themselves, to understand what they really should be saying no to. And unfortunately, if you have had abuse in your life, you have recognized that you tried to say no to people that were in power, and they may not have obeyed your no. You may have said no to a young man. I I, I don't want to have sex right now. Or I want to stop. And they didn't respect that. And so what you want to think about is the power of the word no when we learn to use it, And if you did not learn to use the power of no and understand how when you were growing up, it's never too late. So we want to become comfortable with this word no. So does your no mean no, or is it an invitation to change your mind? So the the example I gave you about teenagers or adults or whoever is engaging in what what would generally be said to be initially consensual sexual activity. Who is allowed to say no during that process? And what happens if that no is not respected? What happens if I'm not sure of my no? Well, I want, to, I want you to continue to listen all throughout this, the rest of this hour because we are going to talk at the end of this hour, let my yes be yes and my no be no, and what that really means and how important that is. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. So it's imperative as you learn this issue of no, when we do that. And, and there are five situations from increasing strength to no. And we're going to talk about that also in the next segment. And the first one is, I'm going to leave you with this, when it keeps you true to your own principles and values. This is a beautiful thing, emotionally, spiritually, and professionally. To be generous, to be supportive. And so when we talk about this idea that one of the the five situations that I really need to understand, my ability to say no and to, to continue to say no, is when I am keeping true to my own value system. And the enemy brings a lot of situations into our life that will challenge whether or not we are willing to hold true to our own value system. And many times it can be with other Christians that we need to say no to. And, and peer pressure, it doesn't matter how old you are, peer pressure is tough. And so one of the things we want to think about first and foremost is no helps me stay within my own value system. So imagine what would have happened if Eve would have said no to Satan. If she would have said, no, that's not, my, that's not the principles I live by. That's not my value system. God has given me that edict. What if Adam would have said no to Eve? 
So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we complete this show on the power of no and making no your best friend. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You're listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me. We are in the last segment of the show, and this show is Making No One of Your Best Friends. So make sure you listen to the show in its entirety on the website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And we left off in the last segment with this idea that one of the, the distinctions, one of the reasons we have the word no one of the major reasons is that it really helps us to keep within our own principles and values. So the situation of our principles and our values, we need to be able to be able to say the word no. And I left off in that last segment saying, what would have happened if Eve would have said no to Satan? What would have happened if Adam would have said no to Eve? No. It's not in my value system. My value system does what God tells me to do. And God said, don't eat from the tree of knowledge. So I'm going to pass. I'm going to say no to taking a bite out of that apple. What would have happened if those two individuals would have practiced the power of no? So it's imperative that you understand when God, Jesus actually in the, um, I'm going to give you these Bible verses because this is Matthew chapter 5, 33 through 37. And it talks about Jesus saying, let your yes be yes and your no mean no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Isn't that interesting? That if I don't believe my own yes, if I don't believe my own no, if I think that I have to bolster it up by swearing for it, I swear to you, I swear I won't do it. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, absolutely not. I need to know that one word spoken one time has power. And I can simply say, no. But I have to believe it. I have to stand behind it. And I have to be confident of it. And so there's a reason to consider that solemn oaths in this court of justice or, or in these other proper occasions, that they were taken with, with reverence. And so in, in this whole entire issue, when it says no means no, that I need to have the power behind the word no and the conviction for it. And so I learn to only use no if I mean it and willingly, and I'm willing to stand by it. Otherwise, you disempower yourself. And you disempower yourself and you empower others because they start to think that you say no because you want to be talked into it. And so what they start to think is, yeah, they probably have that as a part of their value system, but they want me to kind of talk them into it so they don't feel so guilty about what they're, what they're doing. Or they're not really sure or they're afraid, whatever that may be. So I have to say to them, if you want to say no and feel afraid or uncomfortable, then hit pause or wait. And you can say something like, I'll get back to you, or I need to think about it. If you feel pressured like you need to respond immediately, and that's usually a red flag that no is by far the best answer. See, if somebody starts to say, well, you know, if you say no right now, you'll never get this opportunity again. 
then where is my trust in God? If I'm feeling pressured to do something that I'm not comfortable with, I haven't got the chance to think about it, something in my gut is telling me this doesn't feel right, or maybe I need to say something like, you know, I like a part of what you're presenting, but there's another part of it that is not, I'm not comfortable with at all. We need to talk about this more. Because you're presenting this whole thing to me and wanting me to swallow it whole, and I'm not comfortable with that. So the no, no is an affirmation of, of the implicit knowledge that you have of yourself. No is saying, I'm responsible for me. It's how I interact with others. It's how I, I, I take ownership of my own life. So no is both a tool and a barrier. And it establishes and maintains a distinct perimeter of the self. Let me explain that a little bit more. It says where I end and you begin. It's a boundary. So no helps to establish where I end and you begin. This is why with little children, they start to say no when someone wants to walk in the bathroom while they're going to the bathroom. It's just this natural process that little three, four, five, six-year-olds start to feel. All of a sudden, the four-year-old doesn't want to run around the house naked like the two-year-old did. Or the six-year-old says, uh, I, you know, I, can, can I close the door when I go to the restroom? This is part of me saying, hey, this is where I end and you begin. Where up until about the age of two, they have no awareness of where they end and you begin. And so it's imperative that I understand that no has two faces. It's the one I turn toward myself, and it's the one that creates the boundary with, with others. And so it's the, the no I say to me, it's the no I say to you. And so if I can't say no to myself, I'm going to have a very difficult time saying no to you. See, the struggle to strengthen our internal no, the one we address to our own self-destructive impulses, is the struggle that we are all familiar with. That no that controls our vent of rage on the road or our urge for the cigarette. We call that no, that no is self-discipline. So I want you to think about, and we talked about this in the, in the show last week, how were you parented? What, what was the word no like in your home? How did you experience that word no? Was it fair? Was it condemning? Was it um, asserting an unnecessary amount of power? Was it withholding? Was it guilt-producing? What, what was no like for you and your family? How did you experience it? Because it directly affects your ability to say no to yourself. So no is a line in the sand. It's how much no is too much. Let's talk about that. How much is too much? So who turns down a needy friend to tend one's own garden? Where's the line between me taking good care of me and me just being selfish? And so much of this is a heart condition. Because what happens is, if I'm not true to my own value system, I won't know when to say no. And I might say no to things and then be resentful and then become withholding to the next person that didn't deserve the no. So no is truly about how you say no to you. No protects you from exploitation. 
And we do this for children. We don't want children exploited. We want, don't want children used. We don't want children taken advantage of. Well, that's part of me protecting me. That's making sure that my gifts and talents and time and energy and good nature are not exploited or, or, or used by another person. Because I don't want to change who I am because I'm, I, I don't know how to say no. And what you see many times is instead of saying no to somebody, I just become unavailable or I become resistant or I become defensive or I become avoidant. So what are those things that you do instead of saying the word no? The word no also keeps me focused on my own values, on my own goals. So if, if I want to graduate from college, then I need to be able to say no to things that are going on in that four-year process, or I will never graduate. So I have to know how to say no to going out. I have to say no how to, uh, when it comes to whether I'm going to party with people. I have to say no in order to understand when I stop going out with people. When people are coming into my room or calling me on the phone, I need to be able to say no. I need to be able to say no to all kinds of things if I want to achieve a particular goal. So if my goal is to lose weight, I need to be able to say no to whatever is being provided for me at the event. Nobody at that event is in charge of saying no for me. That is my job, to say no to me in order to get the goal that I want. That's very different than withholding from myself. It's very different withholding a good thing when I'm saying to myself, I'm saying no to this thing for the better thing. And that's power. No protects me from the abuse of others. This is very powerful, and this is why I brought up the idea of what no was in your home. Because if no was not handled well in your home, then you are going to be that much more susceptible to the abuse and exploitation of other people. Because you will say no to the wrong things. You will say no to people that you maybe should say yes to, and you'll say yes to the people you're afraid of. And you'll be afraid of rejection or afraid of disapproval or afraid of them not liking you, whatever it may be. And you'll say no to the people that are most safe to you. Those are the ones you want to be saying yes to. So you want to understand that the most important relationships often invite our most ugliest communications. It's because the people close to us arouse some of the strongest emotions. And in part, it's because they are the people we fear losing the most. And, they, and that fear can sap our strength when we need to say no. So the people we are closest to many times are the hardest ones we say no to. But we can do this in a way that is healthy and life-giving for the relationship. And a lot of that has to do with trusting the relationship. Trusting that if you're that close to that person, the assumption is they actually care for you and want good things for you. And they can handle the word no. If they can't, if they can't handle the word no, then you may have to evaluate the level of intimacy in that relationship and ask yourself, is this person really safe enough for me to be this close? I need to be able to say no. And I need for them to celebrate with me when I say no because they know I'm taking care of me. And if they really love me, they want me to be okay. So when you think about 
being able to say the word no. I want you to ask yourself in all these contexts, where is the most difficult place for me to say no? What place is most difficult? What person is the most difficult for me to say no to? And many times I know for me, it's, it's, it's more an internal job. It's harder for me to say no to me many times than it is for me to say no to others. However, I do know that the less I say no to me, the harder it is for me to say no to others. And so it's imperative that you do some self-evaluation, some examination, and you ask yourself, God, help me understand this word no and why you gave it and the power of it and the safety that it affords me. So as we end this segment today, I want to encourage you that no is stronger than yes. And many times is more powerful and more life-giving. And the more I am able to say no in a healthy manner, the better I can say yes to so many things. And the amount of doors that open up for me when I am willing to say no to the right things. So I hope this show was helpful for you, and I'm actually going to pray for you today about this. And so, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, everyone that is listening to the show today, I ask that you would give them such a revelation of the power of the word no. God, such a confidence about that word. Lord, you would not let them be subject to the enemy or their own, their own self-will. God, that they would be able to use their free will to relinquish self-will to you. And, God, that you would give them the strength and the wisdom as to when to use the word no and the courage and the comfortability in saying that word. And I ask, Lord, that you do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want you to have a great week. Join me next week. Make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Find me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. Instagram, Twitter, all those places. If you want a keynote speaker, I love to do that for your group. And I could tailor-make whatever uh, talk that you are needing from your, for your particular group. So have a blessed week. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.